Hey, before we jump into the episode, I just wanted to let you know that our course and coaching program called Youth Ministry Growth Accelerator now offers a three-month and six-month payment plan, which makes enrolling easier than ever. Just head over to growyouryouthministry.com and sign up today. And as an added bonus, if you join by Friday, May 17th, we're offering a free student leadership launch workshop, which will help you build and launch your student leadership team from the ground up. I can't wait to see you in the program so we can start accelerating the growth of your youth ministry today. All right, let's get into the episode. As youth pastors, how can we parent in a way that makes our kids love Jesus and the church? Welcome to the Ministry Coach Show, where we bring you actionable, practical tips on a weekly basis. My name is Jeff Lascola, and this is... Kristen Lascola. And this is kind of a follow-up, a little bit, of an episode we did not too long ago, actually Mm -hmm. two weeks ago, because we had some interest, and people were telling us that, you know, it really impacted them, but... It was. I feel like there was a whole other side of this topic we didn't discuss, and that's in, in regards to parenting and ministry. And we sort of focused before all about how to make your ministry <laughs> run and functional, right? which is very important. But then there's the other flip side, the other side of that coin, which is, well, how do you make home life also work well and functional? Yeah, I was telling you, Jeff. Me? Hi. <laughs> After after we recorded that episode, I was like, man, all I told people was like, here's how to get your work done. Because sometimes that's the phase of life you're in. It's just like, how do I like actually get work done and be a parent and like do it all? And I and I told him, you, yes, me. Jeff, that I'm like, it just felt very head. Mm-hmm. Like, and I said, I think we missed the other half, which is the heart of like parenting and pastoring well at the same time. And so that's like you were saying, this is what we're going to be talking about today is more of the heart side of what does it look like to be a really good pastor and a really good parent and make sure we're caring well for the hearts of our family. Mm. And, and once we've gotten our work done, like, so listen <laughs> to the other Because that one. comes first. <laughs> <laughs> That and didn't if there's sound any, like that, and if there's it? any time left over, <laughs> then actually hang then out press with play you. <laughs> on this podcast. You know what they say: work first, play later. Okay, <laughs> all right. No, I mean, like we've already talked about that, right? But now it's like, okay, well, it, it's not just like winning and parenting as being a good employee <laughs> and getting your work done. But I, I think parents do struggle with that. So. With all that said, here we go. So starting with the end in mind, um, we work backwards. So at the very end of your pastoring career, what do you want your children specifically to say about you and your job and the way that you did it all? Mm-hmm. Our our senior pastor, Chris Brown, one of our senior pastors, he did a message this weekend on the life of David. And it's kind of like the end of David's life and the last Psalms he's writing. And Chris said this phrase, which I'm like, man, that's like a gut punch. It was at the end of your life, it's either about God and people or 
people and regrets. Hmm. And kind of that idea that a life well lived will be a story about how you loved God and how you loved people. And you don't want it to be a story about how you didn't love people. And it would be your, the end of your life would just come to this regretful, you know, I should have prioritized my relationships. They should have made amends here. I should have focused more on my children or my family or whatever. Like nobody wants to get to the end of their life. And like he made the point, like no one's like, man, I, I should have like, done one more email (laughs) or got that one more bid in or written that one more song. Like it, it will not amount to that. That's not what your life will amount to. And that's not what people really truly remember you for. And so how do you want your kids to remember your career? So some of those end goals would be, you know, for, for me, and I've heard Chris Brown say this too, is you want your kids obviously to love and follow Jesus love their parents. Specifically, what we're talking about today is the parent that's in vocational ministry and to love the church. And so how do we make sure our kids grow up loving the church when we work there? Like how do we live out and live our vocation out in such a way that our kids actually love the place Mm. and have a good feeling about it? Yeah, Um, because it's a little bit tricky when you think, okay, let's say your job you, you were something else, a plumber, a doctor, or whatever. If your children grew up resenting the plumbing world or the doctor field or garbage. The doctor field. <laughs> the medical that, field. Uh, these, these are technical terms you don't need to worry your pretty little head are about. Are you in the field of doctoring? They grow doctors in a field, <laughs> dumb dumb. No, so if they ended up resenting that, well, that would be unfortunate. But you don't want someone resenting the church right. and God because we and know that how relationship people, and stuff. Like God and the church are synonymous for right. some people. Like God is bad because the church was bad, and you know, like that would be like a nightmare. Mm-hmm. You know, every pastor's nightmare, and we've heard those horror stories about PKs, you know, the pastor's kid, they're the worst and all of that. And so there's like that added pressure of target on their back expectations from the church and staff of what a pastor's kid is and isn't. And they're a little bit more under a microscope and all of that kind of, uh, kind of stuff. So one insight I was thinking through is that the, our kids perspective of the church is seen through our, the parents' experience of working there and Mm. being there. So like, for example, a lot of times my junior high students, (laughs) it's adorable. They try to talk politics and (laughs) I know they don't know anything about it. They're regurgitating everything they've heard at home about a particular candidate or a prop or a uh, congressperson or what's happening in the school system. And I'm like, you guys, you guys aren't watching the news. You guys aren't researching. You're not reading articles. Mm-hmm. You're hearing adults in your house talk. And that has become your truth. And that is what you're regurgitating. And I've had students get angry. And I'm like, <laughs> an 11 year old's not angry about politics unless people in their house are angry about politics, right? Right. So in the same way, what we bring home baggage-wise from the church, what they're listening to about 
our perspective of our own job. And when we come home and unload, just be very careful of the picture you're painting of your job. Mm. Because again, our job, like you said, it's not like the doctor field or something. (laughs) It is tied up in their faith, you know? So if they grow up with a distrust of doctors, bummer, but like that doesn't have eternal significance, right? right? They'll maybe get over it or go another route or something. But if we paint a bad picture for them of the church, the unintended consequence of that is they lump God and church all together. Now, if adults can't even separate (laughs) church and God, right? much less a child being able to say, well, this is an unhealthy work environment, has nothing to do with God. They're, they can't sift through that. Yeah. Church and God are the same thing as you grow up. Now, they wouldn't ever verbalize that, but it's all lumped in this spiritual development thing at a young age. And so we have to be super careful about when we come home, what we're talking about and the people we're talking about and the frustrations and, you know, even to your spouse, you know, not like we'll keep secrets from them. (laughs) But a lot of times, you know, if you're in an unhealthy church environment, environment, you come home, I mean, it can start making your spouse super angry with the church and maybe rightfully so. I don't know if there's an unhealthy thing going on, but all that to say is we really have a lot of power over the perspective our family has of the mm-hmm. church. So be very careful. So how are they experiencing the church through you? Are you always frustrated? Do you complain all the time? Are you just chronically unhappy because of your job and their feelings are going to be shaped through those experiences? Um, and then another thing, kind of number two, if that was number one, number two, are your kids unintended are are you unintentionally making them the sacrificial lambs of the church? So I've heard some people that do vocational ministry as a career say, yeah, family does come second, mm. you know, and I have to do like, this is ministries number one and family comes. And I don't know. I think that's a pretty, I think you could make it probably a better argument to say, well, your first ministry is your family. So if you're not doing ministry there, then who cares about the ministry that you're doing at church? Because the truth is that somebody else can do your job. You know, like, I think we forget how replaceable we are at church. And you're like, probably like, a pillar of your church and people love you and you know, everyone and the kids love you and all those things. Yeah. If you quit or got fired six months from now, you would be very obsolete. Let's just say that. (laughs) I really believe that someone else would come in. They'd be new. They would get trained. They probably do a pretty good job after a while. You're super replaceable at your job. And I think that's a pretty humbling way to look at like, yeah, if I left, but think about, are you replaceable at your, in your family? Like you leave there or you leave a trail of destruction. Nobody's ever getting over that. Mm. It's not like, well, we got another parent and they came in and in six months, who was that other lady? Who right. was that other guy? It doesn't work that way. And I think the, the danger is, you know, pastors can kind of make church their mistress. What's Hmm. a boy mistress called? 
Isn't it weird that we don't even have a word for that? What does that tell you? <laughs> I'm just going to let that sink in for a second. <laughs> Mistro? <Mistra>? Maestro. <laughs> it maestro and a mistro. I don't know. There probably is a term. There just... probably is. But the fact that we don't know that says a lot. Also, why are there never changing tables in men's bathrooms? There are. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Okay, and, and good. They're, and they're gross too, like the rest okay. of the men's that's well, bathroom. they're in there. They're in there. So good, good, good. I don't know if any guys know what to do with them, but they're there. Okay, they do. <laughs> um, yeah, but so keep your role in perspective. It's a very high calling to be a pastor. It is. We've talked about that before, how I think it's the best job in the world. It's the most important job in the world, especially being a youth pastor. But at the same time, it's not higher than being a parent to your children. Mm. Like, I just don't think anything is going to trump that. So making sure we're not unintentionally making our children the sacrificial lamb of our ministry of like, I will stop at nothing. I'll work all the hours. And because... Number three, kind of moving into that, is work can be a little bit addicting. And the reason why people do make work their mistress or mistro is because, <laughs> like Jeff and I have talked about this before, sometimes it is easier to be at work mm. than to be with the kids. Because work is a different, like, at work you can sometimes I feel more successful there. Mm. Like I feel like I'm doing a better job because I know how to do it. And you know, people listen to you at work and do what you <laughs> ask them to do most of the time. And you, they eat their food, they eat their food. <laughs> they, you know, can go they to the bathroom by go themselves. Go to bed at night. <laughs> But yeah, it can be a little bit addicting because it is easier and you get accolades and you feel successful and you feel accomplished where parenting is just such a vague measurement of, am I doing good or not? And this mm -hmm. day was really hard and everyone was fighting and I felt like a failure. But at work, I felt like I got my work done and I did a good job and people gave me a pat on the back. And, you know, like there can be this addictive nature of that. And so we can tend to want to put more of our efforts and energy there and leave the dregs of ourself for our family. And, you know, we went to this marriage thing at church recently and it was this pastor and his wife and they were talking about their marriage throughout ministry. And she said, you know, when he would get home, she was always so mad because it was like, they all got your best mm. and we're getting your worst and you have nothing left for us. And, you know, you've said that before, like, you know, would you talk to this person at church that way? And I'd be like, no, I'd lose my job. No, you know what I mean? But sometimes it can be easier yeah, like to work than to be a parent. And so I think you can find yourself like it might just be this like heart check, gut mm. check for a minute of like, where am I putting the bulk of my effort? Mm -hmm. Where am I putting the bulk of my energy? Where am I, you know, am I becoming addicted to the praise over there? And so neglecting the effort at home and, and, you know, your family will suffer because mm -hmm. of that. If you make church people the priority, oh, I want to win them over, but right. you people who cares, you know? And so, and that's another thing is like being consistent of who you actually are. 
you know, this is another one is living out your faith for your kids to see at home. It's not like, oh, mommy or daddy is such a nice person at church and everyone loves them. They come home and, you know, they're, I, I had a moment like that the other day. We were setting up our nine square and the, one of the girls, we were like playing around and she's like, Kristen, you're always in such a good mood. You're always <laughs> so fun. And then she looked at Annika, our nine-year-old, and she's like, <laughs> is your mom like so fun at home? <laughs> and she was like, um, well, not to be mean, but and I was like, oh, exposed, exposed. And it was like, I mean, who could be fun 24 seven? Okay. I try, but it was like a moment where I was like, man, like who, like, who church people think we are versus who our family yeah. knows us to be. Like, I don't think we could be perfect in that. Like, all right, kids, we're going to play dodgeball three, two, right. one. But I think at the same time, being consistent enough that your kids don't see what church and be like faker, mm. you know, like gross, yeah. you know, like, Oh, you can be so nice to these kids. And then you come home and you're like, stop, clean this up. You right. guys you know, and I think that's just hard. And then I think, again, an unintended consequence of that is like you go to church and pretend. That's what mm. we do. We pretend to be nice. We pretend to be good Ooh. people so that we're, quote, good Christians. Right. It's confusing to a kid. But as pastors, we kind of put on our our pastor self mm. and we know who we're supposed to be. But you know, is it genuine enough to where we could, we all have a work persona yeah. for sure. And we're different. I'm not saying that, but you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and that's challenging. Yeah. You belch a lot at home, but then I again, belch you belch at, at work too. So you I know, guess that's, that's, I was at a meeting today. That's true to who we you had, are. <laughs> we had this big staff meeting and someone burped. It wasn't me. And everyone <laughs> and looked at and everyone's like, Kristen, Kristen. <laughs> That's what you're And I was like, for. that wasn't me. And then, and by the way, it would have been way better if it was. That's what they said. They're like, hers are way louder. I said, I'll take requests. I will say your name, the next one I get. And Lena's like, oh, do me, do me. I'm like, okay, hold on. I need a LaCroix. <laughs> um, so, yeah, kind of. Famous for my burps. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I could do a compilation maybe on this podcast one time of all the times she's belched that I've had to edit out during the podcast. I have a very healthy gut. That's what that means. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So don't send your kids mixed signals. Um, and then another one, like don't make your kids jealous of the people at church getting your time. I knew a pastor... <clears throat> at another church a long time ago and his kids are all grown up now, but they're still bummed. You know, mm. their relationship still isn't quite what it was because they always felt like he put the other kids ahead of them. And we're like, why do you take them out to coffee? Yeah. Why do you take them out to lunch? Why do you hang out with them? And like, he never hung out with his own kids. Mm. It was just like, they kind of had experienced that for so many years and it's still a really sore subject wow. and they're all like grown now. Like, wow. Making your own kids jealous of the time you spend with the other kids. Um, that's hard. Yeah. That cuts deep. Mm -hmm. So 
kind of some of the closing like bottom line questions to I guess grapple with as we wrap it up is who's getting your best and is it the right people mm-hmm. um and if success at your let's say maybe not deathbed but retirement party was for so was starting with the end in mind for your kids to love Jesus and love the church and love you what can you do today what are those habits what are those work family habits you know and your calendar will tell us a lot about that how are you spending your time what do you want them to be able to toast at mm. your retirement party with a genuine spirit you know hmm. of what do you want your kids to say about the way you worked and parented for the course of your career? Hmm. Yeah, that's a lot of, that's pretty heavy. That's a lot of stuff to really think about and ponder. And it always brings me to the point in the podcast where I have to transition to a question of the day. And ones like this, it's like, <laughs> I, I don't know how to transition. So I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Question and of now the- here's Jeff, the kooky zany Now that we're guy. all depressed about who we are. And all the things that we, we need to change. Was this depressing? You're not a pastor. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Oh, I'm free. I can do whatever I want. All right. Question of the day is, what is a gift that you always wanted as a child, but never oh, got? I wanted a Power Wheels so bad. Like the motorized little. Yeah. So it's like a car, <laughs> but it's big. Like When a... you are 80 and can't walk, I will get you. <laughs> when the... I get old. The elderly version of that. (laughs) I wanted the Power Wheels Barbie Jeep. And it's those battery-operated cars and you get to drive. One of my neighbors had one. It was this family. They had like four Mm -hmm. kids. And they would drive it around our cul-de-sac. And they would let us drive it. And I was just like... Oh my gosh. Like that's all I need in life. Even after driving it, you still wanted one? I mean, they go slow, but... They're really slow. That was what killed it for me. I always wanted one of those until, again, a neighbor had one. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, can I I ride that? And they were like, yeah, and everyone else is on bikes. Just doing laps and circles around me. like like, putting. Yeah, I was like, never mind, let's switch. Like, that was... I don't know, just something about the thrill of, I'm a kid and I'm driving. Like, (laughs) I'm a kid and I'm driving. Maybe they make them faster now, but they were bad back when I was a kid. Well, I feel like no one ever had it charged. That's why. They'd always be like, it's out of juice. And I'd be like, (laughs) plug it in. Anyways, what was yours? Um, There was a WWF... Like, this is how far back it goes. WWF, not even WWE, little wrestling ring that had, like, the turnbuckles and the... Like, a real life size for you or that for, would be like, awesome. No, just figures. like a toy, like action figures. Ah. I just thought that was the coolest thing. I always wanted one of those and never got it. And it's something I was thinking about it the other day, and I was like, I don't know. There's a, there's a small part of me that even though I don't ever watch wrestling... I think I kind of want one, but I'll refrain. I'll let that be just I don't know the difference between a WWF and a WWE. I don't know. At some point, they changed the name. That was how far removed I was from all that. I think it's now World Wrestling Entertainment or something. There's going to probably be some youth pastors out there that are correcting the lingo and go for it. Put it down in the comment section below. (laughs) (laughs) Kirk Jones, I'm talking to you. Uh, no, so let's do a community comment of the day. I love this pot. Yeah, let's end, let's end on a high note. Since Kristen is so depressing. Yeah, and then we talk about presents that we never got. 
<laughs> this is a high I'm note. wearing black today. Here we go. This Morning. is from it's Mike. It's raining outside. This is from Micah Miller, and she says, I love this podcast. Thanks for always giving tips that can be put to use immediately and start seeing more fruit from my efforts. And that is the goal. Woo! Thanks, Micah. I Thank really appreciate you, that. Um, love her. That, yeah, every week we try and come with something that once you listen to it, you can take away and implement into your ministry. Because yes. there's a time and there's a place for the theoretical you know, how can I, how can I change my mindset and this and that? And that's all good, but that's not usually what we do here. Yeah. And that's, and that's intentional. Like we want yeah, it to I be something think, you walk away with. What did I want when I first started? Tell me what to do. Right. Someone <laughs> don't just, I, I wasn't, I wasn't at the point where I could take theory and turn it into practice yeah. yet. I'm like, I just, here's this idea. Figure out what that means for yeah, you. Like, like, I, I don't, don't know. know. I just a, got here. Give me a checklist. I have no help. <laughs> give me a PDF of game instructions. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for watching and listening and we we'll will see, see you next time. time.